welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs, welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever-transportable Louis Fox. <laughs> I fit easily in your carry-on and under the seat in front of you. <laughs> well, uh, I wish you did, Louis, but, you know, both of us are actually traveling right now, and this is a greatest hits show, Louis, because you and I are traveling, <laughs> and we couldn't get together to actually uh, put together a proper podcast, so we picked some of our favorite stories to share uh, with the fine people who are listening. Yeah, this is like an 80s sitcom when uh, Uncle Jesse just has memories of previous episodes. Yeah, this is like a VH1 where they bring on the cool comedians to sort of do commentary on the best commercials of 1979. Except there'll be none of the commentary. All right. Well, uh, I hope wherever you are, Louis, it's a it's a good traveling day, and mm-hmm. uh, well, folks, we'll get back to the podcast regular ma- podcast soon. Matt, may all the empty middle seats shine upon you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get to it. Let's do it. to some weird news. This story comes from Reuters.com. That's a news source more reliable than a bottomless hibachi chef. Oh, the hibachi is like you slice the... <laughs> yeah, the uh, Japanese gotcha. steakhouse uh, yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. flipping the onion in your mouth. Yeah, why not? You know, he's in his underwear. What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, bottomless. I don't. Does bottomless mean completely... Yeah. Okay, all right. I did not know that. You're right, then. That is very dangerous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the oil burns. <laughs> The headline is Japan Sushi Chef Using Bodybuilder Delivery to Buoy COVID-19 Hit Business. No shirt, no shoes, no contact. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes, no business. <laughs> that's the way I go. Anyway, so, and the story goes. No shirt, no shoes, no selfies. <laughs> story goes, a sushi restaurant in central Japan is trying to boost sluggish demand during the coronavirus pandemic by sending shirtless bodybuilders till to deliver food to its customers. I think this is just a loophole. The guy's trying to get his gym open, so he's getting it designated as a sushi restaurant. Oh, yeah, because there is a video of, like, all these guys who are apparently the delivery men working out. Yes. You know, getting, and they're all, like, you know, lifting platters of sushi, (laughs) just doing bicep curls with (laughs) rolling nori rolls. The service dubbed Delivery Macho was established by 41-year-old Amazushi chef Masanori Segura, who is also a competition bodybuilder. I don't know if I want my chefs to be like including their hobbies in it. Like, I'm also an archer, so I'm going to shoot this sushi into your face. <laughs> yeah, right. When they hand you the menu, they're like, look at this menu right here. Oh. Would you like to see the sushimi rolls? They're on my back. <laughs> Which way is the bathroom? Over there. <laughs> 
Sugura has recruited his friends who worked at fitness gyms to work as sushi delivery staff as they were out of work during the pandemic. I mean, that's nice of him reaching out. Yeah, they're putting putting people in work. That's awesome. The only condition is that customers need to order a minimum of 7,000 yen, which is about $66, to get a taste of the delivery macho. But I don't think you actually get to taste them. No, you're not. It's, it's not like a bachelorette party where he's like, you know, hey, I, I came to put a staff to this ruckus going on. It's like a old timey porno. Who ordered the sushi? <laughs> you can put that sushimi down my pants. <laughs> the promotion has been a sensation on Twitter, and Sugura receives up to 10 orders a day with monthly earnings from the service. Of about 1.5 million yen, about $14,000 a month. I like that they're they're trying to think outside the box and make something happen. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I would imagine it's mostly just gay men ordering it and women who live alone, who are lonely, maybe. Or bachelorette parties. <laughs> I don't think there's bachelorette parties. You can't have a bachelorette party in COVID times. Sure you can. You have to turn the computer so you can see the Zoom. <laughs> I'm in the background on the Zoom. Hey, these Naguri rolls come bronzed. <laughs> so you get the Yelp complaint. Uh, three stars. There was bronzer on my... <laughs> I was expecting bigger muscles on the, the delivery man. The delivery man, not pecs, not as much. Yeah, yeah. he didn't go full Monty. <laughs> he didn't go full delivery macho. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good for them. You know, everyone, get you're giving jobs to people. Yeah. You know, you're staying in business. You're helping people have some sort of interaction that is sort of kitschy and fun yeah. and sexy. You know, why not? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think we should start doing this. Yeah? Yeah. You can order, so we'll bring you coffee. Here's the deal. Two guys who are not in shape <laughs> will show up and bring you and coffee. And take their clothes off. You give them money to put their clothes back on. For a minimum of 7,000 yen, we will do the podcast topless at your house. The coffee is free if you can hold your puke in. <laughs> the coffee is free if you take a sip and go... <laughs> We're on to something, Louie. We're on to something. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Yep. Story part two. This story comes from firstpost.com. That's a news source more reliable than using a gravestone as a death certificate. What, you can't use that as a death certificate? I don't know. Like I would a to- duplicate gravestone? <laughs> I would just carry this giant thing around when people are like, hey, do you get Social Security survivor benefits? I'm like, yeah. Like, Can you prove your spouse died? I'm like, here's her headstone. Yeah, let me go grab my truck and bring it over here. <laughs> do you want to walk to the cemetery? <laughs> All right, story goes, U.S. man's gravestone missing for 150 years was being used to make fudge recognized during auction sale. So I hope they recognize the fudge. Someone's like, hey, if you flip that fudge over, it's got my grandpa's name on it. <laughs> Dude, I love grave fudge. Yeah, grave haunted fudge is the best. <laughs> That's what Coldstone Screamer was founded on. <laughs> Dead people. <laughs> Built on the, the graves of child soldiers. <laughs> In an unusual and bizarre case, a gravestone that had been missing for almost 150 years was recently recovered from a house in the U.S. where it was being used to make fudge 
The five feet tall gravestone was being used as a marble slab to make fudge for a living and has recently been returned to its original position in a Michigan cemetery. The messed up thing is no one has cleaned the marble slab in 150 years. Yeah, it has remnants of fudge from 1875. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, it's just dirty. (laughs) Why is this covered in peat moss? That's not dirt. That's fudge, man. (laughs) It's seasoned. That's fudge bacteria. (laughs) It's it's like the fudge yeast. It's like making beer. (laughs) The tombstone has the name Peter J. Weller engraved on it. He was a Lansing pioneer and businessman who died in the year 1849. As per the Friends of Lansing Historic Cemeteries, the tombstone had gone missing 26 years after Weller's death in 1875. When it was moved to Mount Hope Cemetery, the group that takes care of and maintains historical cemeteries in Michigan. I always wonder why people move their graves. Like, did your property value go up that you're like, I'm going to sell where my final resting place hammer the profit, move to a cheaper place down the road. Yeah, I wonder how that works cuz like when you buy your you buy your plot, right? Yeah. And then you and that's good for forever. I for think the so. end of time. That's a I great would, investment, dude. Yeah. I would ha- I would advertise on it just like hammer residuals. I'd have like a Coke logo on it. Totally, right? You got sponsorships. <laughs> this grave brought to you by Colgate. <laughs> you know what I would do on the back of my tomb? I'd have like a beer bottle opener. And just like people have a beer, like right, yeah. And you also give them the beer. There's like a cooler. <laughs> you put you. It's like a beer machine. You got to put my my gravestones of a soda machine. <laughs> it's not the eternal flame. It's the eternal beer cooler. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, uh, the president of the organization that maintains historical cemeteries, Loretta S. Stanway, told CNN that she was informed about the tombstone in August. She was also surprised to know that a woman had been using it to make fudge for a living, and she was recently moved into a care facility for Alzheimer's. Life and times of a man whose monument was used to make fudge, reads a Facebook post by the organization, F-O-L-H-C. That's the thing. They have the worst acronym, (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm not going to donate to them. No, it's it's people's last, it's the last thing they utter before they die. <laughs> that's actually in the episode we did with, where they recreated the mummy voice box. That's what he says. He goes, <laughs> He was like, find this organization. <laughs> they have, they have, my, they know where I'm supposed to be buried at. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that they went and tracked down this person. And then found the the uh, group, which is pretty cool. It's something 30 years ago you probably couldn't have done. Yeah. After being moved into the care facility, the woman's belongings were listed for auction. However, Brad Stoker of Epic Auctions and Estate Sales was shocked after finding a five-foot-long white slab in the house. On realizing it was a tombstone, they removed it from the sale. All right, here's the messed up thing. He found the slab, put it up for auction, never looked at the back of it. <laughs> He's like... He never looked at the back and was like, oh, this is a tombstone. Yeah, right. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. They just, it's a marble slab. They just thought it was for, you know, mixing cookies and Oreos in with ice cream. Yeah, it was for some real high-end cutting. Yeah, it's, it's weird that he was shocked. I mean, these people probably find a lot of weird stuff. He's shocked at just a tombstone. It's like, I'm really worried about the people who are going to come into my house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No one in the family knew how or when they came into be possession of it. We had no way to find out whether the family knew it was a legitimate monument or if they thought it was just a throwaway or something. Stanaway told CNN. There's a way There's a way to find out. You ask her children. Yeah, or just ask her. I mean, I would imagine she's, she's got, got all the way 
years, though. It doesn't mean she doesn't remember that. She doesn't remember grave robbing this guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> she further added that on inquiring, the homeowners mentioned that they used the backside of the slab to make desserts. But how this granite tombstone reached home in Okomos is still a mystery. The real mystery is how to pronounce Okomos. Yeah. O- O-K-E-M-O-S? Okimas, maybe? Okimas. Okimas, yeah. For the unversed, fudge makers use big square marble slabs to cool their creation by transforming the liquid portion into solid. Okay, so I'm glad that the the veil has been lifted into how fudge is made. Yes. It's also how they do that with corpses, right? Oh, (laughs) Isn't that what they do? They put them on marble slabs? Yeah. Yeah, and then they pour pour fudge over them? (laughs) Yes. You know, they just put coins over the eyes. They put sometimes they put little chocolate fudges squares. It's like going to a high end hotel. I wonder what the the guy's because they say that the guy's tomb, uh, Mister Weller, he was a businessman. What happens if he was like you know a, just a fudge maker? Maybe they're just tr- continuing the tradition. And then his funeral, they're like, he loved fudge, and maybe oh. that's what it was. He loved fudge so much. Yeah, they're just trying to like you know live out his final wishes in for his afterlife. And they know? actually, when they moved his body, they cremated him, and there's a little pinch of him in every every Absolute, delicious square, right? <laughs> and they they said that the woman made fudge for a living, but they didn't say where she sold it at, how you can get this fudge, because I would like to get some gray fudge. Yeah, I would too, totally. I think the next step is we just got to go to a cemetery and just start pouring fudge on on. Tombstones, right? right? Yeah, just sell it to the people in the cemetery. You know, what goes good with your tears? This (laughs) delicious fudge. I I get that you're mourning now, but we're gonna turn that frown upside down with some amazing fudge. (laughs) All right, I like it. Yep. Hey folks, that's it for today. We want to thank you so much for listening. We hope our archived stories brought back fond memories of yesteryear and <laughs> yesteryear. <laughs> yesteryear, yeah, nice. Uh, but folks, uh, if you want to check out Louis Fox, check Louis Fox out at louisfox.com. That's with two X's. And then Matt's always available at comedystuntshow.com. That's with a C, not a K. <laughs> And no X's. And no X's. (laughs) It's very void of X's. Uh, But folks, if you want to send us a message, you can do so at info at oddandoffbeat.com. You can also uh, rate us wherever you got this podcast at. And you can support us over Patreon by going to our website, clicking on the Patreon link, and following all the instructions that are laid out for you. This podcast is kind of blown up on hot or not right now. (laughs) It is. Feel free to rate us there. We want to thank you so much for listening, folks. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Odd and Offbeat podcast. Stay weird.